We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today, we are continuing our journey into the chapters of Sequelary with the never-ending story to colon the next chapter. Wow. That's a, that's a long journey. It is. It's a never-ending journey. Uh, if you are just joining us for the first time, Welcome. This is the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast, where we like to look at movies of yesteryear and see how they hold up over time, uh, because that's what we do. The final chapter for the How to Train Your Dragon series oh, is yeah. hitting theaters, so Grayson's very clever idea of reviewing a movie with a luck dragon in it brought us to where we are today. So if you need a quick Spark Notes crash course in what the never-ending story 2 is about, uh, it follows the second part of the never-ending story. A young boy with a distant father enters a world of make-believe and magic through a portal within an antique book, which sounds just like the first never-ending story. Oh, it does. Uh, because it is. So the movie, The Never Ending Story, was based off the elements from the book written by Michael Indy. And the first movie kind of covered a lot of the story that happened in the first half of the first book. And the sequel took elements from the second half of the original novel that the movie was based off of. And so we kind of continue the story. We go more into the land of you know, Disney sue someone Fantasia mm. and see different troubles that happen in and around the movie. Now, the movie was released in 1990 with an estimated budget of about $36 million. And mm. in the U.S., it grossed $17 million. So, but but did but? very well in Germany oh, uh, yeah. where it was made. It was made in Munich. It was the seventh highest attended film in theaters in Germany in 1990, uh, which made it only one of two films that was domestically viable, considered a success that year for German film. Uh, Ricky, can you guess the second one? A rough draft of Space Jam. Oh, so close. It was Werner Dash Beinhardt exclamation point. Uh, I mean, we'll get to it someday, that but not this guess. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the never ending story two didn't really make a big impression on the original writer of the book. In fact, he almost sued the production. Like they originally planned on making this sequel right after the first never ending story. Yeah. But six years of just the original author of the novels feeling that the movie was such a departure from the source material that he wanted them to either change the name or not make the movie. And they said, how about no? Uh, and so that's what delayed this movie from happening. And then the third never ending story. So this movie was not the end of the, the story continues. Mm. Uh, there was a third never ending story with a very young Jack Black in the trailer. Yes. I remember distinctly. Uh, and there could be a new never-ending story in the works because the story never ends. Well, there was a TV series as well in the 90s. Um, yeah, the yeah. stories from the never-ending story, right? Yeah, that really just flows off the tongue. Um, 
But yeah, there was, and there, there's no shortage to where this could go. They've established a land where really anything can happen. But yeah, original author not happy uh, with, with how it went. But that's that's how it goes. And I think when whenever you sign over the intellectual property rights as an author, just you you kind of have to understand it's not your baby anymore. Like people are going to make different choices than what you made because they have different experience and different creative input. So just enjoy it. But that six-year delay ended up uh, having them uh, recasting all the kids. So like Bastion, different cast, Atreyu, Childlike Empress, like all of them had to be recast. And um, I think they, they went through, what, like 600 kids trying to find people that were close. Wow. Yeah, it was... It was extensive, um, and so that's just kind of insane to me. So yeah, six hundred kids to find uh, to find those three. So uh, in fact, the only cast member from the first movie to come back was the the bookseller was, was Coriander. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the book. The book itself <laughs> did its own stunts, um, but yeah, that was really the the only one. It, it's weird. That was kind of like my first impression uh, watching this uh, is it felt like going to one of your favorite plays and then being told that um, everyone was going to have an understudy for this performance. <laughs> I was like, You're n- that's not you. That's not <laughs> okay. I get when it's like one or two like roadie or uh, like Jennifer and Back to the Future. But when it's everyone except the one, it's... Uh, I actually just finished um, the Matrix trilogy. I just got around to doing that because it was on the airplane. And uh, the Oracle recasting at the end, it was like, at least at least they address it. Where she's like, I know I don't look like how you remember me. I just needed everyone to say that to each other in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least have the, the bookseller say something like, you sure have grown up or anything. <laughs> everyone is different. Everyone, yeah. so yeah, and th- so an element that I distinctly remember about the second movie that wasn't a part of the first movie was how Bastion just like blues clues skadooed into the storybook, <laughs> like straight up page master, yeah, like his way into the story, and everyone was just real chill about it. Mm-hmm. Like the whole first never ending story is how the reader is part of it, but just because he's like reading the story, but we're actually watching the story with uh you know Atreyu happening. Yeah. Um, and so Atreyu's the the boy, right? Atreyu's the one on the horse. Uh, okay, yes. Bastion is the the human. Right. And what and what's the luck dragon's name? Falcor. Falcor. Okay. Yeah. Um and so everyone's just like, "Oh, hey Bastion." I'm just like, "Oh, so everyone's just cool with him uh take on me this okay cool all right he's he's just part of it now got it yeah uh that, that was just one thing that, that struck me as weird because this this was my first time watching this movie so i hadn't really seen it before but i really do think that never ending story 2 colon disney pixar's inside out uh <laughs> had a lot of elements that I would see and really appreciate uh, in later uh, movies. So I feel like you're reading my note cards. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that this is 
the second half of the source material makes all the sense in the world to me because for the first half to be Bastion interacting remotely with the characters there. And then at the end of that first one, we see him on the luck dragon and he's doing that iconic. Yeah. With his fist up in the air for him to go into the story then and kind of be in that world and help solve those problems in the book. Um, that makes sense that that would be the like escalation within the original book. I did read that the the stuff about the dad reading it though was not anywhere in there. Like that's yeah. not a thing. Which it was cool to see him though. I really like that actor from The Flash. He he's Henry Allen, uh, plays Barry's dad in The Flash. So no yeah, uh, he plays a lot of widowers. I guess I don't like that's kind of a weird niche for him yeah. well i think you just wrote my head cannon grayson Thanks. great yeah no problem um but yeah it made sense as a as a second part to that first story i have just never been so thrown off by casting in any film that i've ever watched yeah. really like it really was distracting for me yeah they kept on saying hey bastion i'm like why do they keep on calling this kid bastion and we watched oh, dark man <laughs> 2 <laughs> Although, interesting enough, some of the scenes where Atreyu is riding on the horse um, around the time when Bastion's like, what took you so long? And he's like, I was on a bleeping horse and you were flying through the air. <laughs> Cut me a break. Also, I got us a little small soldier's army on the way. Yeah, that <laughs> montage, uh, they actually used some, they recycled footage of the original Atreyu and, uh, from the first movie. And then... Not credited the original Atreyu, so yep. there's a lot of a lot of business going on with these movies. Yeah, yep. a lot of yep. a lot of choices. I wasn't expecting this reaction to the Neverending Story too, but this story was exactly what I was expecting a kid in King Arthur's court to be. <laughs> okay, like everything yeah. that I was saying was missing from a kid in King Arthur's court was present in the Neverending Story too. Oh yeah. It's, he well, okay, so you have a kid who's in his normal, regular, everyday life. He's bad at some sport. Apparently, he should be good at for no explainable reason. Yeah, like uh, diving to make the swim team. Yeah, how does that work? Because the first kid who dove just dove. They yeah. didn't flip or anything. It's like, well, he went off the high dive. You're in. Also, like, not a diving team unless they're starting these swim races. 50 feet in the air. I don't know why that's a prerequisite to join the team. It was just, uh, uh, anyway, it, it was, it was as weird and random. Just like, Oh, he's afraid to jump on this apparently mandatory class that he has to try out for or not. I guess it was voluntary though. Cause the coach said, who wants to join the team? And they're like, we do. He, but uh, again, uh, the disconnect being, his his vetting process. He he might as well said like, who wants to join this swim team? Great, get a strike in this bowling lane. Completely different skills. I don't know what you're looking at here. <laughs> Courage? Is that what this is supposed to be? It's really just a setup so Bastion can jump off a cliff at the end. That's oh. it. Anyway, uh, you were saying? Yeah. Tell us about how swim team auditions work. Uh, we're at Flashback Flicks and all the places. Yeah. So he was bad at some sport that he felt he should be uh -huh. he escapes into this other world mm -hmm. um learns a lesson about courage by being courageous in all these different ways yeah um in an unexpected way uh -huh. 
then ultimately does conquer his fear and goes back into the real world um, better than he was before. Right, hero's journey. Hero's journey. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is what I wanted a kid in King Arthur's court to be. Mm-hmm. And then... At the exact same time, this movie did so many things that I didn't want a kid at King Arthur's court to be. Give me five. What's a five? I'm like, no. We were so close. One more revision. One more. Uh, But similarly to a kid in King Arthur's court, uh, Bastion doesn't know how to make a sandwich. (laughs) Uh, That first scene, I was like, why is Bastion acting like... Uh, it's his first day as a person. <laughs> what is going on? And you, your description of that hero's journey that he takes is is right on. The problem is we took that same journey in the first movie, yeah. and that's that's the problem a lot of times with sequels is you don't get to do the same journey again because that completely negates the progress we made with that character in the first film. So what I didn't understand is why. Why did he no longer have the courage that he found in the first one? What what happened to make him lose that and kind of reset? And I don't know. Whatever it is, um, that's why I think sequels that follow a different character or a different problem altogether are much stronger. Uh, like go back back to the future, where the first one is about his parents. The second one starts with we got to fix your kids it's like okay that's a whole different thing but then the whole trilogy has the arc of pride at being called chicken you don't really have that arc here because he resets so severely to where he is terrified by paper towels or whatever happens in that kitchen scene so that that was kind of hard that's i think that's also why it felt like such a different bastion where if we see him in like life is good and he's getting along with his dad and the bullies don't mess with them because they're like, oh, I remember when you scared us off with a luck dragon. <laughs> like if things are good and then he has to kind of sacrifice that good life for the benefit of his like storybook friends and to like save Fantasia, then that's a lot more interesting. Anyway, that's just what I wanted. Grayson, we could always get it in, you know, another mythical land not really explored that much in Fantasia, but we can explore in our minds, known as Headcanon. Headcanon! Headcanon is the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Now, my biggest piece of Headcanon actually had to do with just the... So, first off, when Artax came back, I was taken aback Mm -hmm. Uh, the horse that died in the lake of sadness i wasn't okay with it i was very upset i was like what don't tell me that's art don't we went through such an emotional time watching him die in the in the in the muck of sadness don't do this to me Mm -hmm. but he's like yeah i'm okay i'm like oh i completely forgot that this is it's a story and like the the whole premise is like yeah like we exist as characters to take our, um, you know, the readers through a journey. Um, and that's why my headcanon, that never ending story to colon Disney's Pixar Coco, uh, is really just the world in which all fiction lives. Like it's the narrative version of the movie Last Action Hero. Oh, or like Wreck It Ralph. 
but with oh, books. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Never ending story two, colon, uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, another thing that I thought was really interesting, just with it being the never-ending story, uh, that I thought was really, really cool, is that the my my biggest headcanon is that like that uh, the bookstore owner mm-hmm. is the ghost of Chris's past. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and, and so in, I guess, a couple of earlier, if we go with like the Muppet version, like mm-hmm. of Ghost of Christmas Past, it's very jolly, uh, kind of like aging forward and backward kind of uh, character. Um, but he he just seemed like uh, like this very knowing guy. It's like, oh, Bastion, don't, oh no, don't, don't take the book. And then he's like, ha ha, he did take the book. And then yeah. he was gone forever. He is the master of uh, reverse psychology. He's like, oh, please, yeah. no, don't smile. <laughs> Oh, let me just go get this book. Ah, uh, oh, what's this light beaming down? <laughs> These bookshelves are mostly structural. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that um, that he is, if, if not the ghost of Christmas past, but like some kind of, I don't know, specterly mm-hmm. librarian who, you know, gives kids books so that they can learn things. I feel like he would fit into the Doctor Who-verse. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, and how did he disappear so quickly? And he, he doesn't have a result. He doesn't come back. I mean, he comes back in the third movie with a different face, but, um, oh, I hear it now. I hear it now. Everyone's a Time Lord. <laughs> Sorry, that's more Darth Vader than TARDIS sounding. Oh, got it. Now, I understand the Darth Vader because there uh, is a scene in this movie where a princess says, you're my only hope from a hologram. <laughs> Um. Okay. Okay. It's, uh, okay. it's the other one. It's the other one. No, she she said you're my last hope. Last completely, hope. That's true. Completely different. Yeah. 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 Almost like a last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay, but like, but it was a different looking Bastion, so it was more like a new hope. A new. Um, oh. Oh. Man, why doesn't this movie have more lawsuits? Uh, uh, what's your head, Canton Grayson? Uh, he's more like getting revenge at his dad. Okay. Um, uh, my head canon within this story, though, and this is because I desperately had to resolve why everyone had a different face, is that the dad is not actually Bastion's dad as we know him. He is Bastion Sr., um, and that the dad is the grown-up version of the Bastion from the first film. Wow. So this is actually years later. And um, Bastion is grown up. He's had a son. Uh, unfortunately, his wife passed away. But his son was Junior, Bastion Junior. And that's why you have um, the same kind of internal struggles and the the heart, the uh, the, like the courage issues and all that is because it's a whole new character. He really did. It's not that he reset is that he's discovering it the first time. Um, and it also explains why when the dad is reading the book, he is acting like Bastion. The storm is going on. He's like talking to himself like Bastion did. He's like throwing himself back dramatically on the bed. He's sweaty by the end of it. Like, he is behaving like the original Bastion when he was wow. reading the book. Now, to explain why, 
he is like this grown man. It's not necessarily the hook effect or anything like that. It's not that he's been away for so long. Exactly what I was thinking. It's because he finished the book. Now, this is part two of the original book, which means he went through and lived through these events that happened. He came into contact with Zaida. He, he met Nimbly. He went through all this, but he fell into their trap and wished away his memories. And uh, part of those were probably the memories of, uh, or some of them were the memories of the mom, because there's the scene where they're talking about Bastian Jr.'s shirt, and he's like, Mom made it. Don't you even remember? And so Ooh. I think that the memories of the never-ending story were also taken from Bastian Sr. Um, and that's why he was, um, yeah, that's why he can't remember. But he's rediscovering it whenever he's reading his son in the book. Now, why the characters like recognize Bastian when he goes there, it could be that the, the son has also read the book because the, the shop owner knows who he is. So... I, I think it's possible that, yes, he has read part of the never-ending story, but um, it's not the journey that we saw in the first film. Um, this is actually a whole different thing, which I think would have been a fun twist. Uh, but to me, that's the only way that a lot of this makes sense, is that it, it is the son um, and that the dad is Bastion from the first from the first film. And then to justify why the people in the book look different is because it is being read through the eyes of a different person now. Um, Because they would look the same in, like, the mind's eye of the first Bastion. Like, Atreyu would look like the Atreyu that lost Artax and all that. But when someone else reads the book, it resets the story. You still get character descriptions, but he's imagining them a little different, which is why they look different. So that's how I was able to make sense of this crazy recasted film. Um, and wow. to me, it was, it was more satisfying because you're seeing the end of Bastion's story uh, from the first one years and years later after he's already lost his uh, fight with the, the villains in the book. And it's his son who kind of takes up the mantle to uh, kind of bring them together. Oh, it is Star Wars. It is Star Wars. Got it. Wow. There's no way to avoid it. Yeah, it's uh, just written in the stars. Ward. Yep, yeah. Also, if your son's missing, do you really <laughs> sit down and read a book? My son's gonna better read through his library books. This is due back at that mystery bookshop tomorrow. Yeah. Also, when he goes into coriander, which I know there's debate on how it's spelled because they spell coriander in two different uh, two different ways, and in, in, depending on whether you're reading it in the credits or on the shop window or, or wherever. Steam, but his question Steam. to Coriander is, do you know Bastion Bucks? The shop owner says, do we ever really know anybody? My next <laughs> response is, I'm calling the police, old man. That's the shadiest way to answer my question about a missing child. Do we That's really your know lead. anybody? <laughs> well, sir, you are going to jail. Yeah. All right, now we're going to go into the next part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes. Recast. Remake! Remake! I wish for a remake. And another one. And another one. Uh, If this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? I really do think that NeverEnding Story 2 is a pretty good 
like premise for a standalone never ending story, but let's just assume that it is a sequel. I I think that they should do never ending story, but like the movie Boyhood, where um, <laughs> they film it over like ten years, yeah, um, and every five years, like at the the beginning, he reads a book. Five years later, he reads it, and then. Five years after that, he reads it and finally finishes the book. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that would be a really interesting uh, casting. But like, get someone like like do a season one Barry Allen. Uh, anyway, that's my storyline. I think that they should do like never ending story, boyhood style. Uh, they started filming ten years ago, and now we're finally ready nice. uh, for the film to be released. Because that way, you just you just do all the filming, and then you just release it. And by the time that the kid actor is like 25, uh, you know, they just sign the rights over to him and he can just do whatever he wants uh, with, because that's how rights work. Yeah. Um, no, I think Grant Gustin um, would be a pretty good part two. Um, no, part three. Actually, no, he would be a great dad. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Grant Gustin as the dad. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, and, I, and I've mentioned him before, um, but he is, I know him most from Raven's Home. Uh, he's a really talented uh, young actor, and his name, without having to look it up on IMDb at all, uh, is Jason Maybaum. Uh, he is really, really talented, really funny, but I think he would be a really good uh, Bastion. Andy Circus for the Luck Dragon and every everyone else and, and Childlike Princess. I also I actually thought that um, have you have you seen a new trailer for that new Nancy Drew movie? No. Yeah, they're doing. Ellen is like producing a Nancy Drew movie. Oh. Um, and Miss Nancy Drew, um, it's called Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase. Uh, she is Sophia Lillis. I want to say, wasn't she in the new um, It? She was Beverly in It. Oh. Uh, the reboot. Nice. Okay. But I think that she would be a great childlike princess. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. For a remake, I I would take it the Jumanji route where uh, Jumanji updated its format to go from a board game <laughs> to a video game and Never Ending Story would just become an audio book. Um, <laughs> He really gets invested in the voice acting at that point. Yeah. Uh, and, and the artistry of sound design. Yes. It's very balanced. Yes. Yes. As all good things should be. If they were to remake it, though, I I would want them to basically take the headcanon that I said about, like, the older Bastion and just make that official um, and, like, see him grown up and then his son's going through this and kind of explain how he's lost his memory over the years to the point of thinking that orange juice is a great drink to have at night with pizza. Didn't drink it. Just walked away and went on his date. Poured two things of orange juice and walked away. He clearly has some kind of brain damage. I just, I think the headcanon is there. Yeah, it really is. And for the storylines, I thought there was a missed opportunity here where... One of the first places that Bastion goes in in this movie is uh, that pit that has the lost plots in it, where they there were plot lines that had been rejected and put in this pit. Every episode needs to be a lost plot. 
Uh, Follow those lost plots. Why were they rejected? How can they get rewritten into the story? That is the story. Um, And that one scene, I was like, no, 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 go back, go back, go back. I I just think it'd be great. And uh, I think episodically you could also play with this uh, because they they touched on this a little bit. But the idea that uh, the book changes every time you reread it, I thought was very enticing. So to do this as like a a Bandersnatch type film where it's kind of choose your own adventure, uh, that's what I'd like to see. Because as a sequel, I would have rewritten this one with the the father-son thing, but... If it is Bastion going back to Neverending Story, he's rereading it. I want to see the story from the first film, but have him make different choices along the way, knowing what he knows now, going into it as a more confident character. Uh, That way we get to relive the stuff that we love from the first one. And he has to kind of find his way through. Like he knows the steps, but I was like, wait a minute, that's that's different. That's not. And the book can still change but he's rereading it. He's rereading what he actually read. So like, yeah. Like the third act of back to the future too. Yeah, exactly. Like we loop back in. So it kind of feels like a time travel book at that point, but the idea of, I thought I knew what the story was going to be. I'm revisiting these events, but they're different for some reason. And then find out who's changing the story. And then you can kind of merge the, the storylines. I think all of those pieces together w- would make for a really interesting remake. Yeah, I love that. For casting, I had uh, uh, at first I had the kid that plays Graham from Single Parents as Bastion because I think he's hilarious and he plays yeah. insecure and neurotic really well. Yeah. Um, but then um, I they Atreyu and Bastion looked really familiar uh, standing next to each other at the end of the film, and then I realized I had seen it before. It, it was uh, Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber. It's exactly Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber. So I would just get them uh, to play Atreyu and and Bastion. Um, for the evil queen, uh, I the the faceless reboot queen. Um, I had Liv Tyler, and then for yeah. for Nimbly, I had uh, Seth Green playing Howard the Duck. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, for Coriander, I had Wilford Brimley or Statler and Waldorf if this whole thing was done with puppets, Dark Crystal style. Uh, oh, uh, man, I would yeah. love to see a Dark Crystal mashup. Yeah, it'd be great to, to merge those two properties because they could easily coexist. Labyrinth, too. Throw Labyrinth in there. And for Smurg the Dragon, I recasted that with the toy you get for 10,000 tokens at Chuck E. Cheese. And uh, then Rockbiter, I had Michael Chiklis. And that's uh, that's my recasting. That's good. All right. Now we're going to go into our final segment where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend The Never Ending Story 2, colon, mm. the next chapter? So I'd recommend this movie um, because even though it only has 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, it really does make you appreciate the magic of the first film. And I know oh, yeah. that sounds like a backhanded compliment, <laughs> but it, it made me appreciate. I, I love the first never ending story. And this one, um, I had seen it before. I remembered almost nothing from it other than the fact that as a kid, I was aware that there were a lot of crowd scenes. Um, so that's really all I remember. And I remember nimbly the, the like chicken thing um 
but we kind of alluded to it throughout the the podcast. But if you like Inside Out and Page Master, this is kind of a nice intersection of the two of them. It was fun for me to watch it with the the father son headcanon as well. That kind of reshaped it. Um, so I recommend it there if, if you want to explore kind of Bastion's arc from that perspective um but it's also a lot of fun if you just want to kind of be silly with your own headcanon and think of this as like if howard the duck helps star lord after he left the ravengers there's a point in the movie where i just kind of like looked at it that way and that was fun um because if there was ever truly a never-ending story it would be the marvel cinematic universe that thing is gonna go on forever um yeah yeah and uh, the theme song is still amazing. It's always amazing. But it is fantastical. Uh, it's returning to to this land. Um, I think the moments where you're with the characters from the first one, even with the recasting, um, is they're the most satisfying scenes. So I recommend it for those scenes where you're getting um, – uh, Falcor and Atreyu and Rockbiter. Um, is there a Mrs. Rockbiter? Uh, getting them all back together uh, because it it feels like a reunion, and that's uh, that's ultimately what you're looking for in, in a sequel. You you want to kind of feel what you felt from the first one, and uh, those scenes kind of hit on that. So I, I'd recommend it for those reasons. Yeah, I would recommend The NeverEnding Story too, largely just because it it is, I think it's a good exercise in in just storytelling the same story differently. It's, it's difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things, especially with movies that I don't like super love, is to like mentally say like, okay, well, what could we do to like make this like a little bit more exciting or a little bit more interesting. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like this movie does have a lot of really great elements to it. Yeah. Uh, I just think that because they were trying to make a sequel with a completely different cast, you That's lose tough. a little bit yeah. of that yeah. uh, connection. Cause I feel like if this was like the, the same cast, I think it, I would have been way more forgiving. And also I think if it had the same budget, I think it would have been a lot more forgiving. Um, but overall, I mean, I think the never ending story as a series is a really fun franchise, especially when it comes to the world in which other literary uh, creatures exist grayson i can't believe i never brought this up another headcanon that's amazing and fantastic is that the never-ending story is also the setting for the league of extraordinary gentlemen oh yeah because of the characters yeah mashing up yeah so anyway for that reason, uh, I recommend the Never Ending Story too, um, just because it's it's fun to just imagine, like you know, creating stories. Like that's mm -hmm. fun, and kids do dumb things when they make their own stories. Even like, cause I, I, you know, it's like it's like a good reminder of like playing on the playground and just making stuff up. Like, oh man, I. Tag, you're it. No, I'm not. I had my force field on. It's like, really? We're bringing force fields into this? This isn't regulation. Tag, okay? But anyway, uh, that, that's why I recommend it. It's, it's, I think it is a fun look back at childhood. And really, this is more of a coming-of-age story than I think the movie even itself gave it self-credit for. Yeah. He did not make the swim team. That's why I would, I would have loved it if he like went back out, like cut to him at tryouts, like, 
Yeah, no, still no. I'm done. Like, yeah, I, I, courage and everything, sure, but like, no, no, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, and then the coach is like, "Well, we still have phase two of the audition, which is an <laughs> archery contest." Yeah, sounds like you don't want to be on this swim team. <laughs> story and so that is our review of the never ending story to colon we're back at dinosaur story let us know what you remember about the never ending story too on facebook twitter and instagram in all the places we are at flashback flicks and thus concludes our sequelary oh wow we close the chapter on yet another sequelary uh we hope you had a good time during the month of February and you have so many more sequels to look forward to next sequelary. Maybe the sequelary fairy will leave you something in your VHS box. Wow, that was a lot to process. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but it would mean a lot to us if you uh, left us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice it really helps the show out and lets people know that this is a never-ending podcast that you don't mind listening to over and over and over again it changes every time you listen to it every time you listen to it and on a scale of one to five uh poorly made bowls of cereal um, oh yeah how would you rate it's this podcast it's not a make cereal or on a scale of one to five wishes so you just all you gotta do is sacrifice five memories. You can make them all bad ones. Just eternal yeah. sunshine and the spotless mind yourself, and yes. uh, five stars. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. <laughs>